Welcome to the We Go Boldly podcast. I'm Riley Karsh. And I'm Tova Copan. And we're so excited to have you with us on this journey. We are inviting you to the forefront of your own life. We are pushing you to examine your own unique feminine mythology and release the anchors of unreasonable expectations. Tune in as we discuss everything from culture and relationships to careers and advocacy. Let's be bold and brave together. Hey everyone, welcome to episode five of season two. Today we are talking about four feelings. Hey Tova. Yay. Hi. How are you doing? I am I am doing well. Or should I say, how are you feeling? <laughs> That's a cheesy Let's joke for the day. Let me tap into how I'm feeling. You know, it's it's a it's a Monday, which We've never recorded an episode on a Monday before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And so I feel like I won't know what the rest of the week is day it is now. Though that might explain a lot for me. <laughs> Mondays <laughs> okay. are not my best day. I'm okay. gonna be perfectly I, and, honest and, with everyone. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out here because I think that we need to embrace imperfection in all of yes. its forms. This is our second attempt at this episode. Yes. Um, we actually just recorded about like an hour and a half ago and we got off of it and there were some few like specific concerns about things that we said that like did not, were not great. But then also just in general, it was a little, there was like a blah to it. Yeah. Like low energy, but also we just talked in circles and we, this is, so today we're talking about anger, right? Anger is it is interesting that we got circular and confused because anger is just, I think of all of the emotions, anger is the biggest, right? It's like the, it's that emotion that becomes all consuming. You think of it like we talk of it in terms of in explosive terms. We talk about it in like my anger bubbled over or my anger exploded out, or you're, you're talking about like volcanoes erupting and like big hot angry things. And it's one of those all-consuming types of emotions, feelings. And so um, it can get overwhelming and confusing. And I think, (laughs) coupled with the fact that it's Monday, off of a holiday, and my kids were so sugared up this week. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. That I might be, like, recovering from that. And by might be, I mean I am. Um, (laughs) you know, from trying to get them to sleep and, and they're yeah. like sugar crash, all of those fun things to, you know, coupling that with the fact that we're talking about anger. And in, when I was researching this episode, it made me angry. Like I got angry yeah. while researching anger and then I didn't really deal with the anger. So it was very circular. And um, so we decided we recorded it and we were like, this doesn't give anger the, platform it needs in our opinion to and doesn't do justice for you all listening out there because this is such an important topic and we are both really passionate about the topic we are because it's impacted us both very differently but but really deeply impacted both of our lives and so we want to talk about it and we want to talk about it sort of in a, a concrete order that makes sense that when you are done listening to this you'll be like oh I get what they're saying and it makes sense to me in my life and it'll you know be helpful to me in some way. So, cause we're always trying to 
you know, make a point here. We're not just talking to the universe for, for no I, reason. It does concern me that you have to tell people that. So that makes me a little nervous, but yes, Listen, it's, it's Monday. True. It's Monday. It's true. I'm doing my best. Um, so let, I mean, we're going to take it back to the beginning. We're going to talk about being kids and of course, raising kids and what does anger look like? And it's, it, it's definitely, there's some cultural aspects here, but we're talking about, uh, you know, from, from the United States and what it's like in, in U.S. culture to be a kid and how, how does anger play a role and how does it become genderized so early on? And you often hear us have conversations where Riley and I come from things from like, the same perspective, but slightly different. You know, we obviously are two different human beings. And so we do somewhat different perspectives, but we're not that different. In this specific instance, we had drastically different experiences as to what we did with our anger from a young age on. And, and how we've approached anger and what we've shown to the world of our anger. All of these things have been totally different. Um, both, I think, still fitting into society and, and have had sort of the experiences of when you do show your anger and we don't show your anger, but still coming at it from a very different perspective, even as far back as when we were little, little tykes. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. So uh, just to get maybe get a little personal for me anger has always been a very easy emotion to tap into now i would say that other emotions are not easy or have had not in the past in the been easy for me and particularly as a kid were not easy for me to get to and so i did not necessarily grow up as a typical girl child in the United States where, you know, I think a lot of kids are very early on sort of stereotyped into roles where girls are expected to cry and be emotional in that way, but they're also expected to be nice and they're expected to keep the peace and be friendly and be smiley and be happy and make sure that everyone else around them is comfortable and safe and nurtured and all of those things. And I don't say that to mean those are bad things. I say that to mean that's very confining. And then boys on the flip side are often raised to, to be the opposite. They're allowed to express their anger. They're allowed to be wild and run around and get dirty and be crazy. And, you know, you often hear the horrifying boys will be boys, um, which <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a terrible, terrible thing to say. Um, and, and, and boys aren't necessarily allowed to cry or be sad or be nurturing or be all of those soft, you know, quote, softer skill or softer emotion things, but they are allowed to be angry. Um, and you see that happen, I think very, very early and whether it's conscious or not, it's definitely happening. I see it in my kids, um, not at home, obviously, cause I'm so passionate about this and it's caused friction with my husband. It's got, I mean, I will, I will fight anyone over this. Um, <laughs> see, there's the anger. Yeah. Um, 
but I see it, you know, on the playground, I'll see it at, at school, I'll see it in various places and with their friends. Um, and I don't know that it's always conscious from other, other folks, but it's definitely there. Yeah, I, I actually really don't think it's conscious for a lot of people. And I think that the mere fact that, oh, boys will be boys is the saying that just exists is an example of how not conscious it is. Um, that people can just throw that around. And, you know, when kids are little, they often don't know how to express their feelings or their emotions. And so they'll hit, right? They hit. And I feel like with boys, they're often told to use their words. So immediately though, we're validating the kid's feelings. So maybe, maybe it's too little boys and they're playing in like I'm picturing at my son's daycare like the little kitchen area and they're playing there and they're frying up some wooden eggs or something and you know one kid takes something from the other kid and the first reaction is to hit and you know a teacher comes over and says don't hit use your words and you're trying to obviously correct. You can't walk around hitting people kind of behavior, but you're still validating the kid's feelings. Like anger is valid here because he took your spatula. Um, And so I'm validating that, but you still can't hit. You need to use your words. But when you have the similar interaction, but with girls, I don't know that the feelings of um, using your words or or that the feelings are, are validated. It's more like we don't do that here. We don't behave that way. Right. And, you know, I tell this story a lot and hopefully she doesn't get mad at me, but my eight-year-old daughter was a hitter. I mean, she would hit anyone all the time. She was very frustrated and she would get mad and she would hit. And it was dangerous, to be honest, because she was strong as well freakishly strong and um so we (laughs) but we would always say to her no you know we use our words we have to talk things out or we walk away and we take a breath or you know all these things to help her process her emotions while allowing her to have the emotion now obviously this is something I have focused a lot of my energy on so I don't know that um everyone does does things that way I don't know that I'm a good focus group for that for that conversation. But that's what we would do with her. And then of course we would remove her from the situation because I don't, I don't want her drawing blood on other kids or <laughs> hitting other people. Now she's you. old. Yeah. Now she's older. She doesn't do that anymore. Obviously she's eight, but um, you know, when she was three or four, she went through this like year of hitting. And thankfully we were in a play group with people who I'm, who are my dear friends now. And they were all like, kids hit it's, you know, it, it is what it is. They're gonna, She's going to grow out of it. Um, but it, for her, it also taught her how to express her anger and that she was allowed to be angry, that anger was just one more in the arsenal of emotions that she had. And she has a lot of emotions. She's a very emotional child. And so, you know, we do a lot of things with her to allow her the space to express those emotions in a safe and, you know, uh, respectful way, but to get them out so that she's not sitting there stewing them. And also so that she's not um, repressing those feelings, which I think happens a lot of times. But to get back to what you were talking about, I think, 
you know, one thing that uh, you know I've read a lot about and I've, see, I've seen at times, but this boys will be boys concept or this the idea that women and girls exist in this um, bubble wherein we're expected to make other people comfortable and our anger is one of those things that makes people uncomfortable. I think we find a lot of times that um, in in the situation where you have, you know, maybe a disruptive child um, and a, a, another child is upset about it, that other child who's upset about it is frequently asked to adjust their own behavior as opposed to the disruptive child being asked to adjust their behavior. And, you know, I, I know in doing my research for this episode, I was reading a lot of um, what Soraya Chamali has been writing about it. And she goes through this whole example of, you know, there was a disruptive boy and the, they, the parents were trying to work out, a, work out a situation and the other parents of the boy were like, no, you know, boys will be boys. He's just, he's just building and he wants to break down the blocks. And so the girl was continually asked to move and adjust and adjust and adjust and adapt her behavior because the boy needed to be able to do what he was doing. And so I think that that is not particularly uncommon. Um, and that's just one way in which we're, we see girls socialized to be comforters and boys socialized to be disruptors. And how does that then play out over time? You see, you know, you see the way in which that plays out for girls as they get older and they are less likely to answer questions. They're less likely to stand out. They're less likely to stand up and boys are more likely to be put in natural leadership roles. Do you need more email? Have you not signed up for enough this year? How is your internet scrolling going right now? Let us help you out. That's right. It's time to subscribe to our Go Boldly Initiative newsletter and check out our shiny new website. Head on over to www.goboldlyinitiative.com to sign up right now. You'll stay on top of exciting news and upcoming events and get a chance for some fun freebies. At goboldlyinitiative.com, you will find info about us, the podcast, our Patreon community, and of course, everyone's favorite, merch. And don't forget, your inbox isn't really full until you hear from the Go Boldly Initiative. Back to the episode. I know my personal experience, I very quickly learned that anger wasn't a particularly safe emotion to have. Um, it is very hard to, you know, feel anger in a way that society deems to be acceptable for a girl. And so it is much easier, not actually easier, but as a child, it seems it would be easier to smile and be nice and hope that, you know, kind of stuff that anger away. Um, we've talked before about putting our feelings into boxes and I probably have a whole warehouse full of <laughs> anger boxes, beautiful boxes, beautiful boxes <laughs> filled with anger. Um, and just that, you know, I think it was clear in a lot of television shows that if a woman got too angry, she was, or angry at all, she would be considered irrational or, I mean, oh, she's so emotional or, um, just, you know, hysterical and that suddenly whatever she was upset about, we no longer 
need to validate. We no longer even need to acknowledge. So as a kid, when you're watching these, and so it certainly doesn't have to be something that a parent said to you, right? This isn't, I'm not saying that my parents were ever like, Tova, don't feel your anger. No one ever said that, but no one also ever, you know, looked at what society was saying and saying, actually, society's not totally correct. You got rewarded for being good. You got rewarded for being calm and for being quiet and for smiling and for not having this sort of ugly behavior. Um, Because in addition then to telling girls that we are not allowing them to feel their anger, we're also not giving them the tools to feel their anger, right? So we are, we are doing two things that can harm young women and young girls and boys um, as we're raising them, but girls really more than boys in this case, um, in that we are, you know, saying that's not a valid feeling. <laughs> you don't get to have that feeling. Um, and just in case you do turn out to have that feeling at some point, we're not going to give you any tools to tell you how to experience it, what to do with the feeling. Um, and we'll probably judge you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The judgment for sure. So as a, as a person who has access to their anger and has always had access to it, I definitely can attest to that sort of experience of having been judged and put in a role of being, um, uh, I can't think of the word I want, but being assumed to be angry, too serious, too negative, too um, disciplined, too too everything. Um, But I remember, I distinctly remember as as a little child feeling the power of being angry and it being, you know, I, I remember the moment when I got angry for the first time and people finally listened to me. And um, and that was a really, really powerful moment for me. And so I was able to finally kind of turn, turn a corner and go, okay, well, I'm really angry and I've let it out. And I didn't let it out in a particularly constructive manner, um, <laughs> but I did let it out. And people stopped and listened to what I was saying. And I was able to take control of a situation that was hurting my life. And so that for me was a, um, a really powerful moment. And from that, I extrapolated, obviously not in those words, cause I was like six, but you know, from that, I was like, oh, anger. Okay. This is something that people will listen to. And they may go, well, she's an angry person and they may go, well, you should smile more. And they may say, you know, you're this and and that and the other thing. And they did in droves. Um, And it didn't win me a whole lot of friends, unfortunately. And so that has its whole other litany of consequences, but it did give me a voice and it did make it so that I never felt like I wasn't being heard again. And that's an interesting, um, I think, counterpoint to your experience in that I did not grow up feeling unheard. 
there are other there are other <laughs> negative sides to what I felt because I did feel very judged and I did feel very much like people thought I was angry all the time when I wasn't. And the fact that I have a, a, a you know, the dreaded resting face, um, and I won't use the word because we're not allowed to on air, but, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely experienced that feeling of people going, well, you're angry all the time and me going, well, no, I'm not. I'm just expressing my anger occasionally and therefore, you know, saying what I feel and what I think. And you think that means that I'm, you know, shrill or hysterical or too emotional or dramatic or, or whatever it is. So um, a very different experience to yours, but uh, it's an interest. I think it's an interesting counterpoint, and I'm sure many other people have had had that experience as well. Yeah, I think you know. I think that's what makes this so interesting is because I'm not sure I ever, and I could be wrong, but you know, let let the anger out to even test your theory of your experience. And so I do look back and wonder. Oh, I wonder what would have happened. Um, but I also think that in you know in your situation. Um, if you probably presented things, you, somebody said something and you said, oh, I don't agree. You could be smiling the whole time and they would say, why are you being so angry? Right. So yeah, for sure. I, I think that's, you know, and I think that, um, when you're coming out from the other perspective, whereas, um, you're friendly and you're smiling all the time or whatever, you know, it's very easy for adults to dismiss what kids are feeling if they're feeling them and they feel like that's being angry, but also adults to dismiss what women are feeling. If we say anything against what is the way things are supposed to be, then even if a woman is not angry, <laughs> they can say, why are you being so angry? Yes. Or why are you being so combative or argumentative? And mm -hmm. it's like, how am I supposed to say what I need to say if it's not in agreement with you without being competitive and argumentative, combative and argumentative? Right. How do I offer a dissenting opinion to, <laughs> to this scenario without sounding argumentative? I, you can't. And that sort of um, dismissiveness, I think, is what makes so many women afraid of expressing their anger. And I think it's important to note as well that feeling anger and expressing anger are two different things. I yes. don't know a single human who doesn't feel anger. And so if you say, if you know somebody who's like, oh, I'm never angry, I'm just sad, or I'm never angry, I'm just, you know, upset sometimes. They're, they're lying to you, they're lying to themselves, they're lying. Every human gets angry sometimes. Not everyone expresses that anger. So those are two, two different kinds of um, scenarios that we're talking about. So what we're talking about is actually expressing the anger and how you get it out of your body. Now, of course, I, and I know Tova's gonna say this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna preemptively put it out there because you have to also be able to be aware of what you're feeling um, in, in order to know that you're feeling angry. And so um, if you can't tell that you're feeling angry, that's also an issue. If you haven't, if you feel the anger and you don't know that it's anger, if you can't identify that feeling, that's, that's a, I guess, a third and separate issue as well. Yes. You definitely said what I was thinking because, and, and I'll, I'll, 
you know, you listeners have gotten to probably know us pretty well. And um, oftentimes I <laughs> tend to be the one that um, internally struggles in the sense that once I've sorted it out inside, I'm okay expressing it. <laughs> but it's a lot of figuring out like, oh, that feeling is anger. Interesting. Okay. And I'm, I'm allowed to have that feeling. Okay. I'm going to sit with that for a little bit and see what it means because it's very hard to be the nice smiley person and feel anger at the same time. So what you do is you feel the feeling and you go, well, that is not one that I would like to feel. And you put it in the box, right? You're like, I'm not sure what to do with that. Or um, if I feel that, I'm not sure I can maintain this facade of everything being okay. And my goal in life is to keep the peace, remain calm and maintain a facade that everything is okay. And if I allow myself to feel the anger, and I think it speaks to the power of, of anger because you can feel other feelings, other feelings that you might even describe as negative sadness, or, you know, you can feel these other feelings and still maintain and everything is okay facade. Oh, I'm just a little sad, but everything's fine. You can't really feel anger and keep that facade going. You can't, you can't do both at the same time. Um, because it's a facade because it's fake. Right. It's, I mean, not real, real anger. I mean, like if you're just a little annoyed about somebody spilling coffee all over the coffee grinds all over the floor and not cleaning it up or, you know, right. whatever it is, that's, that's different, but like real abiding anger or rage or something of that nature, then yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and I think it's a good time to start talking about what anger is and it's, it's anger is a signal to you. So if you feel anger, it's a, it's like a red flag going up. It's like, Oh, something's out there and something's wrong. And um, this is a super, super important point that I want to make that anger means something's wrong out in the world, not something's wrong internally. And so something that happens particularly to women is that we go, I'm angry. I'm going to express my anger. And then people turn that around on us and say, it's your problem. Something's wrong with you. And right. it's impossible then for you to deal with your anger because you're going, oh, well, something's wrong with me. I've got to fix it. And the reality is that nothing's wrong with you, but you're chasing your tail trying to fix something that's not broken when you're angry, it's a signal that something has happened, whatever it is, uh, you know, there's some injustice, there's some horrifying thing happening in the world, somebody stole your car, I don't know what's happened to you, but you're angry about it. And it's out in the world. And somebody then tells you it's actually inside of you. And you're trying to fix it and you can't. Or it, on a, I mean, or it could just be unkind words. Yep. It could be, it could be unkind words to you, or repeated unkind words. Mm -hmm. Or they're feeling um, like you're not valued. And, you know, going, going back to how we approach anger with kids, it's not a circle because I'm sticking on the safety mechanism concept, but when you talk about fear being a safety mechanism for kids, right? It's a way to keep kids from putting themselves in dangerous situations. You want to teach kids to listen to their fear 
Um, not not the not the terror barrier, not the big darkness fear that keeps you from getting your goals, but the fear that's like, if I touch this, it's going to be hot. But we've been equipped with this other mechanism, this other safety mechanism to help kids identify that what is happening in their world, both on the very, very micro level and then obviously on a much larger level, that something's wrong. And yet we're not teaching kids to think of it that way. We're teaching them not to feel that emotion. And I would argue in many instances, we're, fe- we're teaching both boys and girls to not really feel these emotions, the, the way that they could be tools to understanding change or tools to understanding what's happening in their environment. And so not only are we, especially girl children, but you know, are we hurting their ability to feel all their feelings, which is so important, but we're also missing out on this opportunity to keep our children safe from things that are, are wrong. And I know, and you know this from me, cause I've said it, I don't know, at least 50 times in the, since we've known each other, probably a hundred, but flipping that concept of, uh, and I, and I will, I will say, tell everyone, because I think it's important that, you know, I'm sure I could have read it in 12 different times, but I read it in Glennon Doyle's book untamed last year. Um, that, you know, anger is not telling you that something is wrong with you. It is telling you that something is wrong. And I am the person who in my twenties was aware enough to go, all right, I have a lot of anger. Something must be wrong with me because I have all of this anger. And I actually bought a book to help me in my relationships to help me not have this anger anymore. And I looked at the book recently and I, I was actually going to burn it to like get the bad vibes. I was like, why did I keep this awful book that's going to tell me not to feel my anger? I need to be able to feel my anger. And I actually looked at the book closer <laughs> and I like read the first chapter in the back of the book. And I'm thinking, oh, oh no. She was actually telling you about feeling your anger right. and and how to break out of patterns. But so this has been something for me that, you know, I've sort of misunderstood or struggled with for my whole life. But when I heard that line and you and I have then talked about it, about how anger means something is wrong, it does not mean something is wrong with you. It, it was like a light bulb went off yeah, and, and also a, a sigh of relief because I could stop fixing what was wrong with me. And that was, you know, it's nice because I think you have said in the past that you can't fix what isn't broken. And yet I've spent decades, (laughs) years (laughs) trying to fix something that wasn't broken. No wonder I couldn't fix it. Do you love what you're hearing and want a little bit more? Do you just think we are really funny and want to laugh some more and spend a lot more time with us? Maybe you love us for our heart to hearts. I think that's it. If that's the case, join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly. Our Patreon community offers members an opportunity to dive even deeper into what it means to live a limitless life. We are here and ready if you're all in on this journey with us and want more of us in your life. Join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly for that extra sauce you always dreamed of. And now back to the show. 
yeah, it's like the it's like a big lie that has been perpetuated to to women in general. And I, I think one one great thing about having that light bulb moment is that you know you're never gonna have to you, it'll never turn off. Now it's on, and now you know, and you you can't unsee it. So it moving forward, you can go okay, well. And, and that's, I should say, it's not to say you can't be mad at yourself ever. Of course you can. Like you can make a mistake and be upset about it. The good news is we don't have to dwell on those things, right? We can be like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I'm angry about it. Now I'm going to move on. Um, but it still doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's That's the thing that that I find so frustrating about, let's see, now I'm getting angry about anger. That's the thing I find so frustrating <laughs> yeah, about the way in which anger is described and controlled and manipulated in um, in this culture, particularly, but in in most cultures as it pertains to women, to be honest, it, it's that you know we we get pictured as these shrill, hysterical, crazy people because we have big feelings. You know, it, society is constantly constructing themes for women around being angry and um it tells us when we can and can't be angry and what kinds of anger are acceptable and it fetishizes that say that word for me fetishizes it i can't say it uh but it turns it into this you know this weird tool for um for entertainment that the whole cat fight thing that people want to see women fighting with each other about uh about things and so that kind of anger becomes something that people want to watch play out on TV or on, on the screen in some way. Um, you know, they, people like those things. I, I don't know why I don't. Um. <laughs> there were all those TV shows for a while that was like, I mean, it's since the beginning of TV, but, but more recently there's been a, a bunch of TV shows, not recently, like 15 years ago, um, sitcoms, right. Where it's like mom, dad, kids, and the mom's always mad about something. Yes. And it's like, she's usually mad because you don't listen to her. She's working her butt off. Probably, you know, may have a job outside the home, might not. But either way, she works super hard for her family and her herself. And you leave crap everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, dad's not helping. Oh, woe was me. Like, and, and it's this trope, but it's it made a bunch of sitcoms about it. And mom is and it, it, it's oh mom's just always mad and it's like, right well yeah because you don't listen to her and you don't help her and she's stuck doing all of this stuff and you laugh at her all the time of course right. you're mad the fact that she hasn't burned your house down is crazy um yes yes and so like i said it becomes like a tool for entertainment for other people but it's not funny it's not funny at this point and um, you know, I know lots of people out there will go, well, you're, it's just taking political correctness too far, or it's just taking it all, you know, it's all in good fun. And, and those things are so infuriating because what the point that's being missed is that this is a blanket kind of prohibition against women being angry across the entire culture at this point. And so what happens is we get angry and then it gets turned against us in some way. Um, you know, you get angry and then somebody's like, oh, well, you're just being hysterical. And then whatever you were angry about 
goes away. It doesn't even matter anymore. All that matters is the fact that you were angry and you're being hysterical. So whatever the the issue is that you were angry about is no longer the topic. The topic is now your anger. And and the issue might have been in, in, might or might not have been, who knows, perfectly valid and important, but it's no longer the topic of conversation. The conversation is around you and your hysteria. And so right. that is not funny. It's not a, it's not a joke. It leads to things like rape culture. It leads to things like a terrible, uh, terrible dress codes in schools. It leads to things like uh, increased rates of depression in, in women. It leads to women being less successful in the workforce. It leads to all kinds of bad outcomes for women. And none of that is funny. So, you know, not to, not to bring us down. Um, well, no, I think it's, I mean, it's one of the reasons though, that you and I are so passionate about this issue of anger, both on how it has affected us personally in very different ways, but how it affects women as a whole. And let's be perfectly honest, a society that isn't respecting women is not going to be a society at its peak. It's just not possible. Right. You know, you can't have both things at the same time. And as you were talking, you know, I am picturing our vice president, Kamala Harris going, I'm speaking. I'm yep. speaking and she was smiling and she was freaking polite as this man just kept interrupting her. And if it were, if she were a man and, and we can talk also about the, um, or mention, I think it's important to recommend, uh, mention the intersectionality of it all is a woman of color and a, a woman, um, she has an, an extra layer um, of be, needing to be polite and smiling. And then I picture Hillary Clinton on a stage and having her opponent literally stalk her on yep. the stage. And she could not turn around and she could not get angry. It, it takes a whole emotion away from women if they want to be heard and taken seriously. Right. And I think it, it, it becomes dangerous in a lot of ways. It becomes uh, dis- obviously disempowering. I mean, I think that, that goes without saying, and it's almost absurd to even say it um, <laughs> because it's just so, so limiting if you can't be angry. And if you, it, it's, it's also unhealthy if you don't express your anger. Um, there are studies, and we'll put this in the resources, and we'll talk about the resources in a little bit, but there are studies out there showing that um, failing to deal with and express your anger can have serious consequences for your mental health, including in- stark increases in depression, but it can also have consequences in your physical health, like uh, increased cancer rates and other things of that nature. Um, because you know, I'm going to get into the woo here, which we haven't done at all this episode because it's such an intense topic, I think. But, um, you know, the body remembers, the body holds emotion and anger is a big emotion. And if you are not getting that out of you, it is in your body somewhere. Um, And so when you're retaining that emotion, that feeling inside of your tissue, inside your muscle, inside your energy force, Um, it's going to go somewhere and it's not going to be good. So when we talk about women not having the opportunity to safely let those things out, it's, um, it's really damaging long-term. And, and that's another, just one of the million reasons I find this to be such an important topic. 
um, and, and something that just we have to start continually addressing. I know in the last five years, it's really kind of come to the forefront. There's been some great research done, some really important people talking about it. And Tova, you touched on the intersectionality issue, which is something we both obviously really want to talk about, though, as two white women, we recognize the limitations of our experience and we put, we will put in the resources other women who have been talking about this um, for longer than us and who have some great information and we follow and, and we look to as resources um, that we would encourage you to look to and just learn from because it, this issue touches, I think, Black women, Latinx women, LGBTQ women, all women, obviously, but, you know, certain minorities have much more limitations on their ability to express anger without more serious consequences. And we want to make sure that we highlight that and, and talk about it. And we always, just in case you were wondering, we always put resources on our website because we often think that, you know, we're really just having the beginning of conversations mm -hmm. and we, you know, if it's something that you're interested in learning more about, we want to give you those resources to do it. Um, that's something that's really important to us. But for this topic, especially, um, it is very important to both of us and it has had significant impacts on our lives, but we are coming from a very specific perspective. And I really want you to take the time and we'll share them on our Instagram feed yeah. and, and um, but take the time to not just look at the resources, but then follow these other people on social media, because there's a lot of people having very important conversations um, about this issue of anger. And to be honest, once you start paying attention to it, it's hard to unsee. Mm. Um, even, <laughs> That's a good point. you know, even looking back at the Jackie, you know, Jackie Robinson and the Jackie Robinson story. And, you know, Jackie Robinson was obviously the first black player to play in major league baseball. And, but he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily the, the best. I mean, he was very good. He was an exceptional baseball player. I don't want to, to say that. And as a baseball fan, Jackie Robinson's awesome, but there were other very, very good black. Obviously there was a whole league of very good black professional baseball players. But one of the reasons they picked him was because he could be nice. Right. And he, they were very careful to pick somebody that would not show their anger, right? Because there are significant limitations on what people who are not white men are allowed to show in public or at all with right. their anger. And so it is one of the reasons that we are, are taking a moment to highlight the resources because it's just a few and we would really encourage you to, to do more research because it is a Anger is an important emotion for you on a personal nature. And it is one that is something that I am really working hard, both personally for myself and for my children to allow them to feel their anger in a safe and healthy way. And also for them to, you know, I'm raising three boys. Um, I want them to see how a woman can and have, you know, feel their anger. And, and there are sometimes that I get angry and I fire off an email or um, I get angry and I, you know, start a nonprofit. Um, but then there's sometimes I get angry to the point that I can't speak and I want to cry and lay down. And I do that. And I want them to know that all of those ways are, are okay ways to deal with anger. Um, 
It is okay to feel the feelings because, uh, you know, there's so much judgment attached to anger. They go hand in hand, both the way that we judge our own feelings of anger and then the way we judge other people when they feel angry. And so we focus, like you said earlier, we focus more on the anger and less on what they're saying. Right. And then there is the anger, you know, the way that the whole world judges anger. So there is just a lot of judgment with the right way to be angry about something. Are you looking to connect? Do you want more from your relationship with our show? You may think this is a Match.com ad, but no, we're asking you to join our Go Boldly Together Facebook community. That's right, friends. Join us on Facebook at Go Boldly Together and help us build our bold society of limitless women. Let's connect, converse, and laugh together as a community. Plus, we promise no weird pics like you might find on a dating site. That's right. See you on Facebook at Go Boldly Together. Back to the show. In addition to paying attention and noticing all of these things, it's also really transformative and important to start to ask the question, why? You know, why Mm -hmm. is somebody angry? Instead of going they're angry. It makes me uncomfortable. They're angry. I'm scared of anger. They're angry. I don't like anger. All of those things, which, you know, everybody that I know has done at some point or other. And certainly as a person who's been um, angry and probably inappropriately angry at times, I've been on the, the receiving end of those responses. The question that is really, really engaging and transformative and able to open the doors to um, a new way of looking at things and a new way of thinking is, why is this person angry? Or why is this group angry? Why is, you know, why are these people angry? And really listening and looking at the topic, at the issue at hand, whether it's something small, like you're, you know, you're just in, it's a relationship between two people and, something keeps happening and they keep getting angry and you have to you know really tune in and listen to what it is they're saying to you or if it's a larger you know issue of of something on a on a larger scale and you haven't taken the time to really listen in and say well why is this whole group of people angry um instead of just going oh that makes me uncomfortable and i think if you can do that that changes the whole conversation. And then we're actually focusing on the issue instead of the emotion around the issue. The emotion is what it is, but the issue is what needs to be addressed. People get to have their emotions. People get to feel their feelings. What we can do as observers of that experience and as supporters, and if we really wanna be um, active allies in, in any relationship we're in, is hear what's going on underneath the feeling. What's the reason for the feeling? That's that's where we're going to make change. Yes. The why, like you said, the why is powerful. The, the why of the anger is always going to be people rightfully so saying, like you said, an injustice. And it can be an injustice and a tiny injustice within your home or an injustice on a worldwide scale. But um I think that if we can all learn more both about our own personal anger, because I, I also think it's really hard 
if you aren't letting yourself feel your own anger, it's hard to let be okay with other people doing it. Yeah. So if sure. this is, this is a, this is a two-parter, you know, process for yourself is if I am not allowing myself to be angry, if I'm not listening to my anger and, you know, listening to your anger and doing something, doing something could be journaling. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like going and it does it doesn't even have to be always telling somebody that you're angry about them at, at them because you know uh you might be angry at something they just did the other day and you start journaling and you're like oh actually I'm angry at something they did like 10 years ago I better journal that out first here right right so you know do something with your anger though let yourself feel it if you don't do that though it is very hard to not be judgmental about other people's anger and to support their anger and to listen to them and so this is something both so important, both internally and of course, how you choose to express your own anger and to look at cultural change that is based on, on anger. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, um, if, you know, we, we talk, of course, we talk about living an authentic life here. So this is you know, just to bring it back to sort of the more microcosm view of your own world and your own building of your own life and what you want your life to be and what you want your life to look like when you are building a more authentic life, which is certainly what I'm always striving to do. You, you really can't do that unless you are embracing all of the feelings and anger is a feeling. It's a big feeling and Sometimes it can be scary and it can be overwhelming, but it's still a real live feeling and we have to address it and deal with it. And so when you can start to do that in whatever way is comfortable, as comfortable as it could be for you, then you can sort of experience it and release it and transform it into, into some, some sort of change, whether it's a, a small change for yourself or a larger change, that's when you're really kind of diving into that authenticity, that life that is what you are meant to be living. And until you start really doing that, you're not, you're not reaching that more authentic life that you want. You're not getting, you're not getting there. Now I'm not saying you run around and be angry all the time and like, do crazy things and start yelling at everyone and, and, you know, live in a, in a ball of fury. I don't think that's healthy uh, for anyone though. If you, maybe you need to for a little while, I don't know. <laughs> it depends on how long you've been not feeling your feelings. Um, but, and, and I don't, I don't know if we've said this or not, but if you start doing this and you find that you're angry and it's really overwhelming you um, there, we would encourage you to, seek help to find a professional to help you with that feeling, those feelings. It's, we say it all the time. We both have had professional help and have currently uh, professional help. There's nothing wrong with it. We encourage you. In fact, it's not even that there's nothing wrong with it. We encourage it. We think it's great. And um, we don't want anyone to do something that is too much for them at this time. So if you need help, get help. We think it's, you know, it's extremely important to remind people of that every, every chance we get. So, um, but anger itself is, uh, is 
a powerful, powerful emotion. And that's, I think, part of why, and, and I, and I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I think that's part of why women are so often kept from it. It is a transformative, powerful emotion that creates change. And if you look at who is at the top of the social structure and who gets to wield the anger the most, um, you, you will kind of see why women are so often kept from being angry. And you will see why the various subsections of people are kept from their anger and who gets to hold that anger is typically um, white men. So, you know, all the studies that we've read show, you know, in the workplace, when a woman looks angry or acts angry, she's often kept back from promotions, kept back from, um, kept back from uh, increases in salary. She's looked down upon until somebody explains why she might be angry. And it's some, you know, reason that somebody deems legitimate and then we're reset to zero. So it's, it, it's a real statement on societal values. And it's something to think long and hard about as you're raising your kids and as you're going through your days and as you're developing your own authentic path to who and what you wanna be. Yes, 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 yes. We could keep talking. I mean, like we could keep going because we really care about this. We care about this on the micro level. We care about it on the macro level, but we are not going to keep talking. We are going to give you homework because it is time for us to move on with our day. Um, <laughs> and it's time for you to move on with your day. Yes, and yes. also just start asking yourself how you're feeling, right? We just, you, we just talked about feeling your feelings. Let's feel whatever we're feeling without the judgment, right? So homework. Take some quiet time for yourself with your journal, your little buddy, and answer some writing, you know, some, some prompts, right? So when was the last time you were angry? And don't judge it, right? Don't be like, well, I was just a little bit angry. I wasn't that angry, or I shouldn't have been angry. Just what was the last time you were angry? And what did you do about it? And how did that make you feel? Um, and then sit with that probably for a minute or two. But then also reach out to your accountability partner. And talk about these things that make you angry, right? Maybe little things, big things, whatever they are. Um, and, and talk about how you express your anger, because I think it, it can be really fascinating when you have this conversation with others and then obviously compare the way you talk about it, compare it to the way you journaled about it. Um, it's surprising sometimes how things don't necessarily line up, what we're willing to share on the outside and what we're willing to write about. So this is just the beginning. Now that we've all given you the intro and brought you up to speed on how we feel about anger, we'll probably talk about a lot more in every other podcast, but uh, <laughs> no problems. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Go forth, feel your anger. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We're honored you took the time out of your busy day to listen and grow with us as we strive to build an intentional life filled with purpose, meaning, and courage. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts today to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to We Go Boldly Podcast so you get notified when our next episode is live. How are you creating a purposeful life? What is holding you back? Let us know over on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Go Boldly Together. For more information on the show and how we can work together to create your best and boldest future, visit 
wegoboldlythepodcast.com today. Stay tuned each week and join us in creating a bold society of limitless women.